Well, hi, everybody, and thank you for joining me for Week 12 of Survival Beyond the Bug-Out Bag. I'm Bill Bateman, part of the team here at Refuse to be a Victim Personal Protection Training. We are located in southern Oregon in the Medford, White City area. As always, I invite you to send your comments, questions, ideas, and uh, general random rumblings to me at podcast at wits-and dot com wits and dot com that address is clickable in the website write-up or in the i guess we call it the podcast write-up that you found to get to here okay important update i made a mistake first one this year we do have spaces in the february 16th cpr aed class that was a typo that's my bad i apologize we do have room february the 16th the cost is only 50 bucks a person and all the details are in the class listing drop down at the top of this page click the link to register and remember it is first come first serve and they are going quickly it is also a non-refundable event you're going to end up certified in cpr aed basic first aid and you're going to get some good information on dealing with basic gunshot trauma and bleeding control and again as i mentioned as an rso i think this information is very useful I did go out and order some supplies. Uh, if you've listened any time at all, you know I do tend to get into this kind of deeply. I went out and ordered, in addition to a, a, a pocket mask, I've ordered some of the first aid supplies that were recommended, and I'm looking at a few more things, and that leads me to give you kind of a hint what's coming up next week. In addition to a review of some of those products and some more thoughts on first aid and medical care we're going to have part two of our interview with our ceo the boss himself phil grammatica who's going to continue and i think wrap up his ideas on stretching staying limber and working towards a good positive mental attitude to deal with stress and unsettling situations okay stay with me on this i began researching options comparing heading out versus staying home now staying home is still leading the poll but there are some times you're going to have to get out on the road and in doing that and it's quite the rabbit trail or bird walk whatever you want to call it i came across two areas that i think we need to discuss this week one is the topic of electric power more specifically solar recharging now you're going to have to do this whether you stay home or whether you bug out. See, power failures, whether they're long-term outages or even intermittent, are going to drain those electronic devices very, very quickly. And there's a lot of things to consider. The more I looked about this, uh, the more I looked into this, rather, the more I found out, well, you've got weight and capacity. That's one thing. You have overall price. You have quality of the product. You have charging time you have durability how quickly something will charge and something i had never even thought of if your charge gets interrupted how long does it take the item the charging unit to come back it's also interesting to me that some sets are complete kits in that they have the panels the connections connectors if you will and they have a battery or storage device so that 
current that has been captured is going to be saved. This is especially important with solar. A, it gets dark, and this time of the year it gets dark early. And also, uh, if you get interrupted, if it gets very cloudy, you're going to see a reduction in these charge levels. So there are a lot of things you need to research. I came up with three sites that uh, I have listed here the front of the web page and all with all the other information we've put in there. I went to three places. Uh, Outdoor Gear Lab was one, and I used Best Portable Solar Chargers for 2018 and came up with the top 10. You always get a number of top 10 lists. These have been very helpful for me. I liked this site. It makes an awful lot of sense. Oh my gosh. They give you a choice of 18 items that you can look at and the prices go from $29 up to uh, $200. Each item, in addition to the price, it gives you the categories that we talked about. Charge interruption, charging speed, multiple device charging speed. I thought that was really, really useful. Weight, and one thing I never even thought of, how many USB outlets do you have? Yeah. Remember, you're not going to power the whole house on this thing. This is AA, AAA batteries for your headlamp or flashlight. It is electronic devices that run on traditional AA, AAA, although some of the more expensive items we're going to get to next do allow for 12-volt and even AC-type plug-ins, and that's when you start getting into the really interesting areas. You see that lithium batteries, thanks to the automotive industry, have come a long way and replaced the old lead-acid batteries like we used to use in our cars, and that means you can get more current charged saved up and stored for a longer amount of time. And this goes for a solar panel. This goes for a Toyota Prius. This goes for a 9-volt battery. I was at the store. By the way, it's the first of the year. Have you changed your smoke detector battery yet? I know. Nag, nag, pester, pester. Change your smoke detector batteries. Thank you. Back on task. I ended up purchasing a lithium 9-volt battery. Now, this is supposed to have a 10-year shelf life. Uh, We'll see what happens. I want to see how long it lasts in actual use as well. Uh, My smoke detector likes to wake me up around 3 in the morning by going off every 4 minutes until I can find another battery. It won't even quit if you take the battery out. You need to put another battery in. My neighbors love it. Okay, lithium batteries. The first place we talked about had comparisons. I was a little adventurous on the price. Yeah, $199 to $29. And they give different scores and different ratings. They even have the best buy. The editor's choice, the best buy, and the top pick. That's step one in your exploration. Let's head over to Active Junkie. And they have also some more advanced kits. And this is where the phone numbers and prices start looking quite a bit alike. Uh, They have a kit that runs up to $525. This is where you start to see AC inverters, 12-volt ports, micro-flash lanterns, and recharging 
via the USB port. These are units that you might plug in in your home, get up to capacity, and then as a situation unfolds, whether you have to stay or go, you include the solar panel to add to that charge, even when it's not being used. So I think these things have a lot of interesting features. More common in the price range, as I look at these, I they did not have nearly the selection of items, but they started at about $95, and they came all the way up, as I mentioned, to the $500 plus range. So this is useful. This is useful to get an idea. What are you going to spend based upon what you have? Make a little inventory. Look at, okay, I've got my flashlight that I carry. I've got this flashlight in the car. I've got this flashlight in my bag. So I've got three flashlights. I've got my headlamp. I've got my cell phone that's going to have to be charged. Different things are going to require different charging power. If all you got is a cell phone, then you're going to want to look at something small, very lightweight. You don't need to worry about charging that dinosaur laptop of mine. I got a 17-inch laptop. Something tells me if the excrement hits the air conditioning, I'm not going to be taking that with me. I'm going to take an 8 or 12-inch tablet. It's going to make a whole lot more sense. And parenthetically, if things get really snarky, uh, the Wi-Fi is going to be down. The Internet could have some interruptions. There's not going to be much to do except keep the kids occupied. So, oh, say, toys for the batteries for the kids' games. Let's make an inventory, shall we? I'm going to do that for uh, one of the upcoming episodes. I suggest you do that, and if you'd like to, we can compare them. Okay, let's check out our last site, the... Let's see, it's called the Best Portable Solar Generator.com. All right, that's kind of fun. It's got some really interesting information as well, and they have a complete top 10. Number one is, interestingly enough, out of stock at Amazon. We touched on this earlier. Once one of these top 10 lists hits, everybody goes, Me too, me too, me too, and runs out and buys it. Sometimes it's really, really good. Sometimes it got a good review. Now what are you going to get? Do you want number two? This is where what we just talked about really plays into it. Have you compared the unit you're purchasing with the needs you have to power your equipment? Let's take a quick look here. The number two item, it is in stock. Many of the items on that site are going to be within the 200 to $300 range. They are a little bit more expensive, but quite seriously, you're going to get what you pay for. So, a quick review. When you're looking at solar recharging, look at weight, look at capacity, look at cost, look at how many units can be powered in how much time, and how can that energy come out to you? Is it only to recharge batteries? Does it have a little flashlight? Does it have the ability to store that on a long-term lithium battery? And how quickly will it do this? If you're on the move, all you can do is hope you're going to get sunshine on the back of your backpack where you sling these panels. We're not talking about setting up a base camp. I'm sure in an emergency situation, you're going to need to keep mobile. So all of these things are part of of this solar process. We also talked 
earlier about the quality of information in YouTube videos. Now, I touched on that last week, but oh my God, some of this stuff I've been watching simply shouldn't, I feel, my opinion, shouldn't be allowed to be on a list of information that's considered accurate. Everybody gets an opinion. They're like elbows. Everybody gets a couple. But uh, you really, if you're putting this out as uh, outdoorsman Bill says you should do this or that, there should be some quality checking here. Uh, I watched an individual tell us if, you, if you're just more or less on the run, you're going to build a quick fire. They call it, a, I think, a Dakota fire pit. And the first three videos I watched neglected to mention you've got to be very careful with this type of fire, especially if you have certain types of root or ground covers, because you'll end up starting a fire through the root system, and you can burn down the place. That's critical stuff. Somebody came up with an idea, I was watching this, that they were going to uh, just stack up some leaves and some grass and things and get under this big rock and uh, stay there for a quick shelter. And in an emergency situation, that's perfectly, perfectly valid. They did, of course, forget to mention things like bugs, spiders, snakes, ticks, lice, all the things that can be in the ground cover. It didn't mention that you have to scrape an area clean, that you have to make sure you put down a tolerable barrier of some sort, because you're going to have all kinds of our little friendly woodland creatures out there that are going to want to be a part of your dinner. And speaking of dinner, very few mentions of other animals. Uh, We have bears in this area. Bears have excellent noses. Oh my goodness, can they smell. Oh, it's great. They can track that down. So when you open your mountain house chili mac, if you happen to have that with you, if you don't dispose of the food properly, if you eat where you're going to sleep, you could have a hungry bear come looking right where you're sleeping, sniffing at your old food packages. Proper storage out there is very important. If you're going to stop for the night, you should look for scat. You should look for tracks. You should look for bones to see if there's animal activity in the air. And let's be very honest about this. I'm, I am hardly Mr. Woodsman, okay? I am hardly Mr. REI Outdoor Guy. But I do know from the camping I've done and the outdoor experiences I've had, there's some things you simply gotta do. If this is not you, if you have no idea about Widowmakers, for example. We've had a lot of wind lately. Wind got up to 45 miles an hour yesterday. Saturday it blew stuff over uh, when I was out at the range. It was nuts. Widowmakers. These are loose branches that are up in the trees and may come down in a heavy wind. If you aren't checking where you're camping, not only on the ground, but above you and all around, is there danger? And if we're talking in snow country, of an avalanche. Is there danger of, in heavy rain, you being caught either in a creek bed or area that something could wash out, or the possibility of uh, this rain all running into your tent, your campsite, or your little den of forest uh, branches that you've chopped up. Widowmakers are important. Get some basic reading done. And I would do this not as a arduous chore. I would do this as something that's important to you. Assign different 
members of the family different tasks. Find out uh, who's got what interest. Maybe mom's going to be interested in one thing, and one of the children is going to be interested in gathering firewood and knowing how to gather firewood. Because if you're in an area with snakes, just jamming your hands into a big pile of sticks can have some really ugly surprises. And an emergency situation makes it that much worse. One other classic thing I just saw it in the movie, building a fire under a snowy tree. It's always good for a laugh in the movie when the flames go up, heat the snow, it slides off and drops down on you and the fire. It's funny in the movies. It's not funny in real life. Spatial awareness. Being aware of your surroundings. And as city folks, and I'm going to, I'm sorry, I have to take, I'm, I'm a city folk. I don't live rurally. I live in a rural area. I'm active in rural environments, but I don't consider myself up to speed 100%. So I'm going to be suggesting some books, some articles, and some websites that might be useful. Also, there's a lot of good information you can get by going and visiting our local vendors, taking some local classes. There's a class on uh, how to read a topographical map and use a compass. I haven't done compass stuff since 1970. Yeah, so it's been a long time since I've been out playing with the compass and reading a topo chart. Could be kind of important. Those are the two areas I kind of wanted to talk about. One other thing, and this is a personal choice and kind of a personal comment I'm interjecting, because I know a lot of us here are shooters. And I have just been... I get a number of newsletters. I get a lot of stuff in relationship to building this program. And I got something on what's going on in Venezuela. What is going on in Venezuela? I I will put a link to that here. The basic idea, it has led me to join off here in Oregon, the Oregon Firearms Federation. And it's, I think, we as shooters, we as responsible gun owners, need to start taking action yesterday. I think it's important as responsible and lawful gun owners to not let this become what it became in Venezuela, where they just said, for safety, we're going to confiscate everything. And now gangs are running through the towns with machetes. Uh, They're back to bow and arrows, shooting at each other with sharpened sticks on a little sapling. It's, It's absolutely insane. And 10 years ago, everyone walked around saying, this won't happen here. We do need responsible firearm ownership. There are problems that we have to address. But taking them away from everybody and then just leaving them with a privileged few is a recipe for disaster. That's a personal note. It does not reflect the opinions of this company uh, or the organization. That's just me. But I think after some of the discussions I've had, there's a lot of us that feel that way. And by the way, one other thing, I'm going to say it again. I said it before. I keep seeing this snowflakes don't want this or uh, alt-right doesn't want that. People, it's all of us. There are people on the left and people on the right who are responsible, skilled, well-informed shooters. I think we have to stop pointing fingers at each other. I think we have to stop getting angry at each other. And I think those of us with a common interest, doesn't matter if you're left, right, mid-road, 
tall, short, fat, black, white, I don't care. If you are interested in a sane, realistic, and lawful shooting environment, it's time we start talking to each other. Leave the hats, the banners, the t-shirts, supposed to tick off the other person at home. Sit down and talk about this, because I've found in sitting and chatting with individuals about this topic, there's a lot of common ground. There are a lot of things we all agree on. And that's one thing I think is vital. Stop yelling, stop screaming, find out really what is on the agenda. What does that person think? And realistically, and I I can attest to this from personal experience, you can sit and work with a person for a couple hours. You can have discussions. I've been out at the range and talked with people and found out only at the end of the discussion that their political views and mine were a hundred miles apart. I mean, we couldn't be more diametrically opposed, but we were able to work together and solve something. One individual came up to me, and at the end of resolving a situation, he shook my hand, and he said, you know, this is the first time my family and I have been able to get together and do some family shooting in almost a year. And thank you for making it possible. Thank you for solving that problem. Those are the kind of conversations we need to have. Not, you're right, you're left, uh, you're a snowflake, you're a Nazi. I mean, stop it. It's just too important. Okay, that's it for this week. I'm going to chop up my soapbox and uh, burn it for kindling. I'm Bill Bateman. As I say every week, this program is copyright, refuse to be a victim, personal protection training, 2019. The opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect that of refuse to be a victim, personal protection training. You can't sell it, you can't give it away uh, for profit, but we do invite you, in fact, urge you to download or share this with your friends for non-commercial entertainment purposes only. Even share it on Facebook and Twitter. Okay, that's it. Next week, Phil will be here. We'll talk some more about the medical stuff, and I'm sure I can uh, probably take at least one or two of you off out there. Uh, It's not my intention. It's just the way I am. Uh, Be safe out there. I'll see you at the range.